small cats old enough to catch their own prey gather here beneath the podcast for a clan meeting. Welcome to Paws and Claws, a podcast where we read the Warrior Cats books in chronological order. I'm Jillian, joined by my co-host and certified little guy, Scout, and today we will be discussing the novellas Goosefeather's Curse and Pinestar's Choice. Hello, Scout. Hi, I'm just a little guy. <laughs> so, how are you? How are things? What's new? It's only been a few days since we last recorded. <laughs> That's true. It's But I am one year older since we last that recorded. That is true. That is true. You did have a birthday. I had a birthday, and this morning I beat Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so between that and uh, and what we read, I'm like deep in emotions and excited to to talk about things, I would say. I, you know, I, because I had a a car ride on which I was reading these, my temptation to just message you, (laughs) all of my thoughts as I was thinking them was so, so strong. I was like, oh my God, I want to talk about this so bad. (laughs) But that, Uh, and and like, because I, I read the first one on Friday as we were driving up, I was like, oh, this is why I read the books the day of, because like, how am I supposed to? To, to function. <laughs> yeah, this was the first time uh, doing a reading that I was like, I'm just, I'm gonna read. You know, usually I read in small chunks, a couple chapters at the t- at a time. This was the first time since we started the podcast that like I read both of them st- like straight through in oh, almost shit. one sitting. Nice. I I was like, I got, I can't stop. I love that. Yeah, I when I was a kid, I used to to read in the car all the time mm-hmm. uh, because I am blessed to not get car sick from reading in the car. I know. Um, I used to everyone be able is to. everyone is jealous of me. Readers want me carnally, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, Readers want me cars fear me. Exactly. Yeah. And so I used to bring like ten books on a trip. And, Damn, nice. You know, as I've gotten older, my stamina has has decreased. I can't read as much as quick. I can still read very fast, but I can't like I don't know. My ADHD has gotten bad enough that I can't like focus <laughs> on one thing. Unfortunately, I took three books with me: these two novellas and uh, one of. Uh, the Danmei books that I was reading. And all three of them were so compelling <laughs> that I was like, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> I, I don't have anything else to do for the rest of this car ride. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, because I finished oh, them you all. you read too hard. I even before I left, I was like, maybe I should bring another. No, it's a three hour drive. It's fine. It was not this fine. Is, this is why we neurodivergence always pack way more then we need <laughs> yeah. this is this is this is where that instinct comes from it's the moments exactly like i have to be prepared exactly. yeah as a child i used to be able to read in the car i would read in the car i would like write in my notebook oh, God, in the car yeah. the amount of warriors fan fiction that was written on the 12 hour drives from georgia to michigan Oh, exceptional. That's very good. I wish I could still do that. Unfortunately, my car sickness has gotten worse in my old age. Oh, no. I know. Maybe one day it will it will uh, dissipate again. Even when I was in college commuting because I don't drive. So I was being driven by my parents to college and I could play like I would play a shit ton of rhythm games on my DS in the back seat. Um, But now, like anything makes me nauseous in the car. I don't know what's up. 
It's wild. But what doesn't make me nauseous is these novellas. That is so true. And you know what else doesn't make me nauseous? The prey. How the is prey. how is the prey running? Prey running is good. As I said, uh, I had my birthday uh, earlier in the week. And the thing that I always love is when we make our recipe for Kung Pao chicken uh, for dinner. Mm. That's, that's my favorite birthday dinner. And my dad made me the most delicious carrot cake I've ever eaten. It was such a good carrot cake. Ooh, that sounds very good. What about you? What kind of uh, delicious, delectable prey have you been partaking in? Uh, well, today we ordered from uh, the Mexican restaurant across the street simply because they deliver so fast. Hell yeah. Is that the one that we ordered from when I came to visit? I'm like 90% sure. It's the one we pretty much Hell always order yeah. from. Hell yeah. Oh, so good. I had like four enchiladas. Oh, delicious. I went to a wedding this past weekend and they had barbecue as the uh, food. Ooh. That seems to be like the new trend. I gotta say, like the past several weddings I feel like that I've gone to, like several weddings that I've gone to have all had barbecue as the as the food. Um, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. They had really good cornbread, I will nice. say. Like it was a nice sweet cornbread mm-hmm. with like actual pieces of corn in it. Mm. Ooh, Very nice. Good. Almost like a almost like something a cross between a, a cornbread and a corn pudding. Yes. It was very, nice. very good. But what was really, really exciting is so we this wedding was in the town that we used to live in. And we went back to one of our favorite restaurants on Friday, uh, which was this sandwich place. And they have the best pickles. Yes. Uh, I know that you are I a, am pickle a pickle fiend. I am a pickle fiend. I love pickles. These are like so crisp and light and vinegary. I could just like eat their pickles for the meal. It was so good. They also have really, really tasty pimento cheese fries that we had. Oh, pimento cheese fries sounds incredible. Oh, it was so good. That sounds amazing. I got to learn me how to make those. Yeah. I mean, pimento cheese isn't that hard. All no, they, all they do is, is just put the pimento cheese on there. They probably like stick it under the broiler for a few seconds. Yeah. Because um, I know, I, I, listen, I love me some pimento cheese. I love me some fries. I've just never thought of putting them together before. Yeah. I mean, it's good. So, uh, oh, we should talk about the uh, the covers this week. Yes. Oh, you put, I, so first of all, once again, Polish covers are going fucking mad. Uh, the Polish cover for Goosefeather's Curse is unbelievable. Oh, I love yeah. it so much. It's so cool. I put in the full art as well. Yes, it's so sick. It's got Goosefeather and he just looks like fucking distraught. He does. This is like almost medieval kind of cat face going on yeah. here like very mouth open mouth open uh, tongue out like tongue lolling basically mm-hmm. like fear in his eyes it's wild he looks he looks crazed in a way like when your cat hears something that just makes them go bananas right mm-hmm. and he's being sort of beset upon by a star clan cat's ghost ghostly cat paws clutching for him trying to tell him their secrets yeah it's so good it's so good Uh, i really like this other one that you posted in here too oh the russian one yes so the russian cover is for uh the one that has goose feathers curse and the other two i think spotted 
Spotted Leaf's Heart and Ravenpaw's Farewell, I think, are the other ones in there. Or maybe that's Maple Shade down there at the bottom is what it looks it like. It looks like Maple Shade, but I know that Maple Shade and Goosefeather were both. I thought they weren't in... They were not in the same book, which is why this was very interesting to me. But it's dope, <laughs> is what it's it is. It's so good. It's, it looks like um, like an old woodcut mm-hmm. or, or a linoleum or etching. Yeah. Uh, black and white with like these really soft gradients, uh, lots of hatching. All in black really, and white. It's very all, Yeah. Really, really cool. Like all depth is is made with uh, just like lines and accents. Um, I love it. It's great. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to share in this this little segment today? Other than just like, hey, the art fucking rips. The art is so good. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, oh, well, I could mention that I did the uh, the Calico challenge yeah. that, that you uh, talked about last episode. I was intrigued by that and I decided to try it. Um, and it was hard. You were right. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, but I, I was eventually victorious. It was, it was very fun. I, as we've spoken about in previous episodes, I usually play clan gen in a more story focused way. And this one was very much like, no, I'm optimizing. We are optimizing (laughs) for calicos and torties. And I don't know anything about any of you people. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and that was fun. It just made my made my brain go burr for a few days. I had a lot of fun with yeah, that. Nice. Um, but other than that, I'm ready to talk, ready to get into the summary and get into the discussion. Hell yeah. A few years after the events of Maple Shade's Vengeance, we return to ThunderClan, where a young kit named Goose Kit is absolutely overwhelmed by life at a mere couple of moons old. As it turns out, he can see StarClan spirits walking among the living, and after this ability helps him to save a missing apprentice, the medicine cat and leader learn of his special ability. At the young age of only four moons, he is made medicine cat apprentice despite his dream of becoming a warrior like his father. At his first visit to the Moonstone, Goosepaw is overwhelmed by a barrage of prophecies from StarClan and tries to flee before his ceremony is finished. Later, his visions save a patrol from an attack by kitty pets, and at a mere seven moons old, Dostar, the leader of ThunderClan, suggests he receive his warrior name, Goosefeather. While out gathering herbs, the vision he's had since he was a kit of Stormtail abandoning him to a badger comes true, and in the aftermath he speaks with Mapleshade, who offers to teach him to fight. He eventually learns of her hatred for ThunderClan, but she does not hate him because, according to her, he is doomed by StarClan. After his attempt to prevent a vision from coming true, Goosefeather doesn't doubt this statement, feeling his gift is useless. When Dostar loses her last life and Cloudberry will soon follow, Goosefeather travels with Pineheart to Moonstone for the Nine Lives Ceremony of the New Leader. While there, Goosefeather has a vision of Pinestar's future. Their leader will one day leave ThunderClan for the life of a kitty pet, and there's nothing he can do to change it. In Pinestar's choice, 
we journey back to the apprenticehood of Pinepaw, future leader of ThunderClan. As son of the leader Oakstar and half-brother of the hero Birchface, Pinepaw has a lot of pride in being a ThunderClan apprentice. He learns to hunt and fight, even helping to chase ShadowClan intruders off the territory. In a hunting patrol gone sideways, Pinepaw is saved from a fox by a kitty pet, making him begin to wonder if all kitty pets are as soft as he was told. A few moons later, a group of kitty pets are sent further into ThunderClan territory than before, and Pinepaw is part of the patrol sent to teach them a lesson about borders. He meets the cat who saved him and her kits and covers their return to their den since she wasn't involved with the invasion. Afterwards, Pinepaw is given his warrior name, Pineheart, and he hopes to one day be a leader like his father. Moons later, we pick up after the terrible leaf bear detailed in Goosefeather's curse, and Pineheart faces down Doestar's last life with worry, not wanting her to leave him behind. After her passing, Pinestar receives his nine lives from StarClan, including a piece of advice from Thunderstar. Leadership makes Pinestar restless, and so he journeys later to Two Lake Place, meeting Jake, the son of the she-cat who saved him. In an attack on WindClan's camp, Pinestar is forced to reckon with his decisions as they led to the death of Moonflower, mother of Bluepaw. He relays the story to Jake, who he seems to have grown very close to. As the attack was based on a vision from Goosefeather, Pinestar begins to wonder if he can trust the prophetic medicine cat any longer, and confesses as much to his kitty pet friend. As time continues, Pinestar has been reckless with his lives and considers his place in the clan. Would he become a father to more warriors in the forest? He meets with Shanty, a kitty pet who tells him all about her life, how it is full of honor and love in a different way than clan life. Pinestar dreams of meeting Doestar, who informs him that his future son will be born with the power to destroy ThunderClan. When his kits are born, he panics, fleeing to Two Lake Place and losing a life alongside Shanties as they are hit by a monster. Thunderstar tells him he is on the cusp of needing to make his most difficult choice. After being told by spirits that he must kill his son, Pinestar flees, only to be caught taking kitty pet food by Lionpaw, who tells him RiverClan is attacking. He has made his decision to leave his position as leader and live among the kitty pets. At Lionpaw's insistence, he returns to the clan to tell them his decision and leave the forest for good. He goes to Shanty's two legs, vowing to comfort them in her place, and he tells Jake he's adopted a new name. Pine. Well, well, well. I loved both of these so, so much. much. Maple Shades Vengeance, Goosefeather's Curse, Pine Star's Choice, fucking choice ass novellas, honestly. Exceptional stuff. And it's so I was not expecting there to be so many through lines between those. That yes. like we would we would already be getting the continuation of Maple Shade's story. I had no idea that she would show up here. Well, and interestingly enough, uh, as I was doing some research, which I'll talk about later, as I was doing research, um, there's through lines with these two through like the next three super editions that we're going to read. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, because I noticed there is one scene where Jake mentions Tall Tale, and I was like, that's my guy Tallstar. That's Tallstar's revenge, baby. Yeah. So it 
this book, I think, or not this book, but uh, specifically, I think Pine Star's Choice is an interesting one because it covers basically, except for uh, Mothflight's vision, it covers this entire section that we're basically talking about. You know, like other than Cloudstar's journey and Mothflight, uh, I think Pine Star's Choice pretty much covers almost entirely the road to Rusty. Yes, uh, it's true. Um, I have a little note here, actually, that Pine Star's Choice, uh, I've been keeping track of the timeline now, now that uh, now that I can check in on it. So Pine Star's Choice, uh, Goosefeather's Curse ends earlier so that is mm-hmm. why we we uh listed them in this in this order and and sort of red goose feather first and then pine star but pine star's choice actually starts first it starts three years after maple shade's vengeance meaning uh it is 1987 and by the time Goosefeather's curse starts it has been six years by comparison, basically the entirety of the first two published arcs, <laughs> so the uh, the 12 books plus that will be coming up in seasons three and four of our podcast, was a total of five years. So Pine, <laughs> Pine Heart yeah. is just out here. This timeline is so silly sometimes. It really is. But And this is kind of something that I was thinking about as... I was reading these novellas. I really, I think one of the things that I really like about these novellas, other than the fact that like I've read Prophecies Begin, so I'm like seeing these little like glimpses of the past of important characters and stuff that I know. I think what I really enjoy about these is just how grand it gives the history of these cats. Like it feels like they have their specific things that they are beholden to, but they're like, we're just going to make some like wild shit happen. And it's going to fit in with the timeline for the most part, but we're going to make some wild shit happen. (laughs) And you're going to be like, what the fuck? They're really having a lot of fun, I think, with these. It it does. It feels like there's just like a lot of fun being had with the the information. Yeah. Uh, I, ugh. I loved these so much. So Goosefeather. We'll talk about we'll talk about Goosefeather yeah. first to start. Oh, firstly, I did a weird read order. Yes, that is true. Tell us about your Star Wars read order. Yeah, I did I did that uh the Warrior Cats equivalent of that time that people were like, okay, so the way that you have to watch Star Wars is you watch a new hope and then Empire Strikes Back, and then it's like you're having a flashback to the prequels because that's when you find out all about Darth Vader and did it at spoilers for Star Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so then you watch the prequels in between, and then you go back and watch Return of the Jedi. Uh, so what I did is is I accidentally began reading uh, Pine Star's Choice first, because I kept getting in my head mixed up which one I was supposed to do first. But then I realized, that was when I realized, dear listeners, that uh, that Pine Star's Choice does start before Goosefeather's Curse. So I said, I'm going to do something a little wild and crazy. So I read chapters one through three of Pine Star's Choice, and then I read all of Goosefeather's Curse, and then I finished Pine Star's Choice. So that was actually really fun. Yeah, I kind of wish I had done it like that. I highly recommend it if you uh, if you either didn't read these yet uh, and would like to, or you want to go back and reread. I think it would be really fun for a reread to see everything in like direct chronological 
order is uh, was really fun and felt very cool to sort of have the whole story of Goose Feather sort of slotted in mm-hmm. in between what is a much more zoomed out look at Pine Star's life. Uh, I like that. Yeah, but uh, zooming in on Goose Feather, uh, this man is my little fucking meow meow. He's my sopping wet baby man. He is my absolute fucking loser king. I love this little guy. I'm holding him in my hands. I need to protect him. I need to pat his little head. Uh, I'm shaking him around, but gently. He, oh my God. My note that I said is, oh, he's just a little guy. Oh, he's fucked up, he's, actually. Like, he's a little guy. He's, oh my God. Like, I do not blame this man for spiraling into so much anxiety because at literally four months old, he is a baby. And they're like, actually, you're going to become the next medicine cat. <sighs> We should take, this is a good moment to take a, a second to talk about how, like, Ages clans, and stuff work, yeah. Yeah, ages and clan structures. Yeah. In the clans, uh, the youngest cats are kits, and they are kits from one, uh, the moment they are born to when they are six moons old, which is six months, which, if I recall correctly, is, like, how old kittens can be, like on their own and stuff like they can survive without their parents and whatnot like yeah, young I adult that it, basically it, it cats. lines up it lines up to like when a cat would would sort of be go, a teenager yeah strike out on their own yeah i don't need you mom <laughs> so six months is when kids tend to become apprentices and there's i believe in uh future books like mentions of leaders who get scolded because they make their kits apprentices too young in order to make them like fight battles like literal child soldiers mm-hmm. there is a there is a, a whole arc that we will uh, that it includes yellow fang yes. uh, who we will be it, uh, visiting later on in this season and next season yeah so you know it is very kits are one to six moons they have the suffix kit they do not tend to leave the camp unless they sneak out which they fucking do all the time uh, or if they are, like, accompanied by their mother or something like that. Their mm-hmm. mothers are referred to as queens. When they reach six moons old, they become apprentices. They are given a mentor, a, a warrior who is going to teach them how to be a member of the clan, who's going to teach them how to hunt, how to fight, how to basically be a cat. And there's no set, like, every cat becomes a warrior at x number of moons but typically most cats unless they do something incredible or their apprenticeship is somehow put on hold due to injury or something typically most cats become warriors and get their warrior name at one year so 12 moons so usually it's six moons as a kit six moons as an apprentice suffix paw because they are learning and it's usually around six months of, of training and things like that. So the fact that Goose Feather over here gets his warrior name at seven months old is Absurd. fucking bananas to me. <laughs> it's a wild, unbelievable choice on Dostar's uh, fucking on, on Dostar's count. Unbelievable. And we see the ramifications of it, uh, aside from him being a child doctor, being fucking Doogie Hauser. Uh, we've... <laughs> Sorry, I was drinking my water. 
<laughs> Aside from Doogie Hauser, uh, cat doctor, specialist, seven-month-old baby. Literal child prophet. Um, <laughs> what if... Goose feather is Jesus. Um, what if I was about to say? What if Dookie Hauser was Jesus Christ? That's literally like Goose Feather's curse dares to ask the question: What if Dookie Hauser was Jesus Christ? Uh, and so we see the ramifications of this because his peers all resent him. Oh my God! Yeah, they're so pissed um, off. They're so they're mad when he becomes an apprentice two two months early, two moons early, and they're mad when he is made a uh, a full fully named medicine cat just like two months after they had finally been made apprentices. Yeah, and I think it's important to note Goosefeather doesn't want that. He's like, he I doesn't. don't want this. I don't want to be an apprentice at four moons old. I don't want my warrior name at seven moons old. This boy really honestly and truly just wanted to serve his clan he is literally like stop doing stop he wants to stop reject the call of adventure so bad stop um, making me special i don't want to be special gifted kid burnout oh god is, true is goose feathers curse wait the, oh there's a tumblr post about this fuck hold on uh it's a it's a it's a quote from something written by andre Tarkovsky, and it is, why are they all trying to make me into a saint? Oh God, oh God, I want to do things. Stop turning me into a saint. Jesus, that is just Goose Feather. <laughs> it's just Goose Feather. I just feel so bad for him. I just, I the entire book, I was like, it is this boy's slow descent into madness because you can tell, like, from Pine Star's choice after the events of Goose Feather's curse, like, Man seems to have perhaps lost it. Yeah, he's very he's very distant. He clearly seems to have sort of guided Pine Star down a path that seems fraught. Yeah, um, I mean the the attack on Wind Clan was like a it a was, direct thing that Goose yeah. Feather told told Pine Star to do, and it went so badly. It went so so badly. It was absolutely bonkers, bananas. And like I said, I I believe. We find out more about Goosefeather's uh, descent. Oh, I'm so in the curious. other books uh, because apparently he does uh, make an appearance in Crooked Stars book, um, as well as Blue Stars. So yeah, I was gonna say I bet he's in Blue Stars Prophecy. Excited to hear that he's in Crooked Stars Promise, though. Oh I yes, I have a feeling so... we're gonna have some uh, opinions on Goosefeather in that one just based on what I've seen in his I'm tag. Like, Crooked Stars Promise is the thing that I'm probably the most excited to yeah. read. I'm excited that we're going to do Tall Stars Revenge next, but Crooked Stars Promise is something that I just have like seen bits and pieces of. I'm like I I'm sort of grabbing at these little bits that mm -hmm. I that I see through the fandom and I'm like what the fuck is going on in here? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Me peering through the window into Crooked Stars Promise. What are they doing? What are they What's he building in there? <laughs> um <laughs> I loved like, I hated that they were doing this because he is literally four months old. And they're like, we're mm -hmm. going to give him 20 prophecies all at once. Good oh, my luck. God. Star fuck Star Clan, honestly, in oh. this book. What the fuck did they think was going to happen? If they're going to unload literally, what did you, you took note of all of them. Yeah, it's there's nine, so many. 12, there's 14 prophecies. That's so many prophecies. For a four, over the 
four-month-old child. It's so much. There was something so interesting about those scenes because Mm -hmm. there was this sense of desperation from Star Clan. And it made me wonder if, because in the in the earlier books, Mm -hmm. um, we see them very directly communicating with Star Clan. Right. But then, like, we have the conversation with uh, Cloud Star and the previous Sky Clan warriors in Cloud Star's journey. But, like, for the rest of Cloudstar's journey, they don't talk to him. And I, you know, I think the implication there is probably just that Star Clan has sort of cut themselves off from Cloudstar and Sky Clan uh, in that moment. But with the way that the cats react to being able to speak directly to Goosefeather makes me really curious if there is something going on here where it is more that the ability of Star Clan to directly communicate with the living cats changes at some point over this time. Yeah, it does make you kind of wonder like after Cloud Star's journey, did Star Clan kind of become a little bit more vague to the clans? It seems like that might have been and maybe something it wasn't, that happened. They and were was establishing it not- everything. Yeah, and was it like not Star Clan's choice? Is it something that happened to fuck up the connection between Star Clan and the clans in the forest? I would love and that to is, know that because there is, is so why. much in between, like the time yeah. frames that I feel like they could explore with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read out all of the prophecies uh, that Goosefeather was besieged with over the course of his uh, two visits to the moon. Oh, yes. The Moonstone. Before you do that, that I do just want to point out one thing. Yes. So all, uh, like, almost all of the stories in Code of the Clans take place in between Mothflight's vision and Cloudstar's journey. And so that's Mm -hmm. all about, like, how the code is, like, being codified, essentially. Mm-hmm. So I do think that we that should is... probably revisit those and see if. Well, I mean, yeah, they're they're very short. They are. Um, I don't think we need to do a whole episode on them or anything, but I should. I I might sort of go look some through good my extra reading. And, yeah, and read. Yeah, read through some of them to sort of see if I get a similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's... definitely it becomes a lot more like. The Star Clan economy becomes very sign and based. Yes. Uh, compared to at like Dawn of the Clans era. Yeah. And even between Cloud Star's journey and Maple Shade's Vengeance, there is an unknown period of time, essentially. There is. So I do think perhaps maybe that is something that they will I would like to see them explore. I would like to see if anybody has maybe explored that in like fan fiction or anything. Yeah. Just that time period and kind of see what happened to like change the way that Star Clan interacts with the cats. Sorry for interrupting you. Please continue on all of these fucking prophecies they give this child. <laughs> no, that was very important. Um so I as somebody who has read most of the books that come like after this in the timeline. This was a delight for me because there are so many of these that I recognize that we will get in later books. Um, So I wanted to read them all out on the podcast, keep a mark of them here so that we can revisit them later and be like, hey, remember back in uh, Goosefeather's Curse? (laughs) Remember what they told that kid? So the ones that we get are, there will be a cat who burns like fire. Trust no one 
not even your clan mates. Too many hearts are fickle. Beware striped face and snapping teeth. So much water, more than any cat has seen before. You will find friends in unexpected places. Listen to what midnight tells you. The lake will run red with the blood of brothers. Shadow Clan will soar above you all. Leopard and tiger will feast on your bones. Rivers of blood washing away everything the clans have known. Blood will spill blood. Darkness, air, water, and sky will come together. He is a kitty pet. Water will destroy her. Only fire will save the clan. And he just gets this child, this this four-month-old just gets besieged. Just I keep mm-hmm. using that word, but it really is. It's a it's a barrage. It is a it's cacophony. So and it is all of these dead cats. Like these ghosts are are flooding him. Like coming towards him, flooding him, because he, his unique uh, trait, like his unique ability that he has is the ability to directly see the spirits of cats around him, even when they are not directly manifested. Yeah. Which includes a really, I loved the way that they did this at the beginning oh, of God, it was the novella. So good. Where you just sort of slowly figure out that he is seeing way more cats than everybody else is. And you have those moments where he's talking to to cats and it's like, oh, he just says, you know, oh, that's a black and white apprentice or this is a dark tabby warrior. And then later they ask who those cats are. They ask him and he's like, I don't I don't actually know their names. I'm sorry, I don't know their names. They've never you know, they've never told me. And it turns out that they're all ghosts. Yeah, Uh, I actually found right here is where it is. Um, So. His mom, Daisy Toe, uh, is, like, trying to get him to go go play with his siblings. Uh, she'd nodded towards Moonkit, who was stalking across the clearing beside Stormpaw. The tip of her tongue poked out as she concentrated hard on copying his low, stealthy movement. Two full-grown warriors watched them, half-hidden in the shadows under the brambles. Goosekit curled into his mother's warm belly fur. I'd rather stay with you, he mewed. There are too many cats here. Daisy Toe purred. No more than usual. <laughs> like, it's so interesting because at first you're like, oh, he's just got like hella social anxiety because mm-hmm. he's like, there's always so many cats around me and it's so, so exhausting. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this boy is seeing so many fucking ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can like tell because he does know his clanmates names. And so he'll say he like the names of his clanmates. And then he'll just give the ghosts their physical description. It's very fun, very excellently done. And the scene where he's talking, like Cloudberry, uh, the medicine, the current ThunderClan medicine cat, is speaking to him and having him describe the cats. And her realizing what's going on is really, really fun. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by Cloudberry because oh we get God, that. Me too. I want more. I want a Cloudberry special edition, baby. I want to know everything about Cloudberry because what we learn is that Cloudberry was a River Clan medicine cat who had to essentially be given to Thunder Clan from River Clan after Maple Shade went on her on her. Uh, murder spree. her went uh went on her girl bossing and killed 
Ravenwing, the ThunderClan medicine cat, because he was a very young medicine cat and he did not have an apprentice yet. So they had no medicine cat. And so Cloudberry is just this really fascinating character, like old and, and kind of crotchety um, and seems sort of standoffish, but is clearly very much like a cat of two worlds who is so tired. Interestingly enough, I'm on Cloudberry's uh, page and, you know, we mentioned last week or last time about the whole Sue Suzanne controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue Suzanne said that Cloudberry was a RiverClan warrior who then trained <gasps> as a medicine cat after Ravenwing's death, which just makes Cloudberry <gasps> so much more interesting. Whoa, that's so cool. See, this is why, listen, I don't know that much about Sue Suzanne. I, I, we're going to talk about her again in the Aaron Corner today, but the, the general feeling that I got was that people were like, Sue Suzanne's ideas are like too much, you know, but every idea that I've heard Sue Suzanne have so far is pretty cool. I think the idea of a, I am just fascinated. I want to know more about Cloudberry's background, because if it is true that Cloudberry was a warrior, like what kind of selflessness this cat must have to be like, I'm going to abandon the way of life that I have known. Because Cloudberry is not a young cat. No. It's so interesting. To help a clan that they have had a lot of bad history with. River Clan yeah, and it's... Thunder Clan, like, you know, we always, in in the later books, it's always like, oh, Shadow Clan and Thunder Clan are always fighting. But, like, really, River Clan and Thunder Clan have a long history of just constant mess of their cats constantly. Uh, having kits together and fighting over specific areas of territory, the Sunning Rocks. Uh, Sunning Rocks is a huge is problem. Such a huge problem because it changes hands literally like every other year. <laughs> like these cats Truly. are fighting over this little stretch of territory. And there's a lot of half clan cats and a lot of like inter clan romances between River Clan and Thunder Clan. They are so closely tied together and there's so much like bad blood between them that it is fascinating to me that a river clan cat would leave to go and become the spiritual advisor for essentially their enemy at that point because yeah they were not on good terms at that point no it's almost i wonder if it was like a uh almost a peace offering right you know? yeah yeah Ooh, oh there's so, so fascinating mm. I'm going to write I'm going to write a fan fiction about Cloudberry. Yes, do it. Uh yeah. Oh, um aside from just wanting to say that the scenes around the really rough winter oh uh, with all of ThunderClan starving oh, are fuck. so visceral and upsetting. It is unpleasant the way they describe the bulging eyes and stuff like I that. I know, it's so bad. It is horrifying they like make starvation so fucking visceral it is it is so much i really liked the way that we have this scene where goose feather has the vision of everybody starving and he tries to warn his his leader and prevent it by they they come up with this plan to try and prevent it via burying prey that they can then dig up uh, during the frozen months when the ground is frozen, but there's an unlucky 
like late fall, early winter rainstorm that floods everything and it and it totally uh all the prey ends up tainted. And the the little moment where Goosefeather is is sort of digging up the prey to discover that it's gone foul with Hair Pounce, uh, one of the queens who has just recently given birth. And they find that it's, you know, all full of maggots and, and inedible. And like one of the next lines right after that scene is Hair Pounce was the first to die because after that moment, she did not eat anything else. Yeah. I really, that was very haunting in like a really, I, I loved that detail. It was so much. It was so much. So I looked it up. The, the book was originally going to be titled Goose Feathers Madness. Yeah! Um, which I think is an apt description, but I like the title Goose Feathers Curse much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know what to say other than this was an excellently written story. The descent of Goose Feather was really, really well done. You just feel so badly for him because you know he can't do anything about it but you just have to sit there and watch this guy like try to fight destiny and it is so you really you really feel how his perception of his powers changes and how deeply defeated he feels by the end oh god yeah he is just he is given up i i really really liked you know, one of the things that we'll talk about in the fandom corner is a lot of people are like, why the fuck is Maple Shade always here? And I'm like, I think having Maple Shade show up and try to teach him how to fight and then say, oh, I hate all of your clanmates, but I'm not, I don't have anything against you because your life is going to fucking suck even worse. <laughs> I just thought extremely... that was horrifying because this is the cat who is basically like, the devil at this point like <laughs> she has done so much bad shit and even in pine star's choice like they tell her story they as like a tale yeah. to frighten kids and i which was so that was so wild to interesting me. to me but like seeing him see this this cat who he is now realized he's like oh i saw you murder her like what the fuck and she's like <laughs> yeah i murdered her like she deserved it I hate everybody in your clan and I want them all to die horrible, painful deaths, but I'm not going to do anything to you because you're going to, your life is going to suck and I'm not even doing anything about it. Like, yeah, I don't have to, imagine? I don't have to hate you. You're already being, like the, you're already the cat like, suffering. Literally the most hate in the entire clans at this point pities you. Like that is devastating. <laughs> How do you come back to that? You don't. <laughs> devastating the worst person you know has a good point right <laughs> fucking so much ah uh, it's ooh, oh it's a good one it's a good one and pine star's choice is a good one too to me oh my god yes pine star's choice i wrote down aka cat game of thrones because truly is it not there's so much emphasis in this particular book on family on yes lineage on your your legacy there's oh my god so first of all Pinestar is the half-brother of Birchface who we remember from Maple Shade's Vengeance his father is Oaksar like this cat has a lot to live up to and it's He's even got a implied, lot going on. it is implied like from the time that he is a kid like or an apprentice they're like you're gonna be a leader one day 
His like, dad wants that for him. His literally. dad is projecting so hard on him. It is so wild. I'm like, this guy has not, he's not proven himself yet. Like, he's very proud of who he is. He's very proud of his clan. Like, he's a good apprentice, but like, woof. It's another so wild. Another character, another reluctant hero, I feel like. Oh, very much so. He has, it's, and it's he very complicated it. for him. He wants because it. Because he, he wants it theoretically, but he has to take it on too early or or it is... He's not properly is, prepared for it, and the advisor that he has is slowly descending into madness. <laughs> or even, like, sometimes you want something really badly. You think that this is, you know, the career path that I want. This is a choice that I want to make that I'm really set on. And then you get into it. And sometimes that choice is not right for you. And you're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Can't relate. Can very much relate. <laughs> Literally. And that's like, it's devastating. Like it is yeah. like as someone who has done that, who has like dedicated years to going into a, a way of life that I then realized was not for me. It takes so much out of you. And it makes sense why Pinestar did the things that he did, why he had the reactions that he had, because he was, oh my god, am I Pinestar? <laughs> <laughs> he was basically, like, being told growing up, like, hey, you're gonna be the leader one day, like, that's, you've got a lot to live up to. You know, he had a dead hero as a half-brother that he's never met, but everybody, you know, was very, very, like fond of and all that won't stop talking up yeah and he was expected to do this thing he was he thought he was ready and then he realized it was not the life he wanted and for him it's kind of difficult to back out of it when you've been given nine lives by god essentially yeah <laughs> kind of have it's kind of more difficult you can't really say okay i'm not gonna do this anymore you can't quit being leader of a clan as uh, like proclaimed by the ghosts of your ancestors yeah. at, at that easy, you know, and, yeah. and I don't think it's ever changing career paths is never easy. Oh, God, no. Um, but but uh, it's really hard when you're a wild cat. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and it just the way that he is clearly so much more comfortable when he is hanging out with the kitty pets. Oh, God. Yeah. And just like how much more at ease he clearly feels and how how poorly being the leader of ThunderClan like fits him. It's good stuff, man. It's really good stuff. Um, Shanty's speech about how because he was, you know, talking about like, how can you live as a kitty pet? Is there no love? Yo. Is there no honor? And she's like, there is, though, like my two legs and I love and honor each other they trust that i'm going to come back home every night and i trust that they are going to love and take care of me and it was so incredible to me to see because in these books being a kitty pet is seen as it's not a good thing you know there it's very cats are meant to be wild sort of deal yeah, which you know i have of, a lot of opinions about people letting their cats out we'll not get into it but Basically, if you have a domesticated cat, they should be an indoors-only cat, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing for everybody. Um, I agree. I agree. <laughs> but for this book to take such a loving and wonderful and soft and noble approach to being a house cat, it was so refreshing. 
there was it was the only time in these books in like any of the books that I've read in this series so far that I really felt like this this side of being a house cat and this side of like this world of cats was represented in a way that was more than just sort of an afterthought yeah and I loved it so much. It's so good. You can see, like, how Shanty's two legs, how her humans do love her, and how they show that same affection to Pine Star, even though he is like, I don't know about this at first. It's so good. Those scenes are so good. Yeah, it's, it is really incredible. And I really wish that there was a little bit more of that in the series because I feel like there is such a a portrayal in the books of like, well, the best way to live is to be hunting for your food and defending your 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 land. And Shanti's like, that's just like struggling to survive every day. Do you guys not like enjoy life? Like, do you guys not have <laughs> and a good listen, time? I we read these books. They don't really they don't. have a good time most of the time. Yeah, they suffer a lot. I'm I'm kitty pet pilled at this point. Yeah, honestly. I mean, you know, I, I'm a little I'm a little biased. I have a kitty pet of my own who used to be a mm-hmm. street cat. You it's know. so yeah, like she's she's part of the- she's very clearly got her wild instincts still, but <laughs> she also like. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people who, who don't enjoy having cats or who don't get cats, like they don't understand it. They're like, oh, well, cats don't love you. They could never love you. I'm like, my cat, when we were gone for a weekend, we came back and my cat spent the first 15 minutes of us being home snuggled in my husband's lap, purring and rolling around and like rubbing her face all over him because she missed us. Somebody was taking care of her, but she missed us. And so I'm like, there's no, like, it. I am kitty pet pilled because I have a very loving and affectionate kitty pet who I yeah. can tell loves me just as much as we love her. Absolutely. This is, this is my whole, I currently, currently I have a dog, though my dog does act more like a cat than a dog most of the she time. She does. <laughs> But I grew up with three cats, like I, and and I've never understood the whole idea of like, cats don't love you. Even when people say it as a joke, I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't slander your child. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who has had a cat, like, can tell you. Like, yes, they, they hold a lot of affection. It they is do. merely and- a way of, you know, you have to kind of not expect the kind of affection that a, a dog would give. Or even sometimes or even people... people. <laughs> yeah, sometimes with, with any... Sometimes people with any pet are just like, well, this animal doesn't love me because it doesn't show affection in exactly the same way as a human does. And I'm like, you don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where, where have you been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Under a rock? Yeah, like the fact that your cat will spend time in the room with you, even if they're not cuddling you, that is a sign that this cat likes you. Because cats are very territorial, and to share a space with a cat is to share that trust. Exactly. And that's why I think it was so sweet that Pinestar went back to Shanty's two legs, and he was walking around, and he's like, this was Shanty's nest, but it's going to be mine now. And he's like, she's not going to leave me because her scent is everywhere in here. The way, yeah, the way he's like, Shanty's everywhere, even though it's a different kind of afterlife than what he 
is knows, right? And like is a completely different kind of spirituality and relationship with those who have passed away than what he sees in the clans. He makes those connections and he's like, yeah, even even though this isn't a clan, this is like it's a family. These connections. Yeah. It's a family. These connections. God, I so I have I'm on record on this podcast as saying I love it anytime one of the cats speaks to a human as though God, they're yes. just having a conversation. We get some great moments of that in here. Some of them are just very cute and funny. But I legit when God. Pine Star is speaking, so so there is a scene. When Pine Star goes to visit Shanty and they are sort of like speaking in uh, in the road at night and a car zooms past, Pine Star obviously loses just one of his lives. He has nine lives. Shanty is unfortunately killed by the car, passes away, and her two legs, her owners, her humans, come out and like mourn in the in the road and Pine Star is there and he speaks to them. I don't have it directly in front of me, but he he like directly talk like talks to them as though they'll be able to understand his words and says like I'm sorry. I I wish that this could have been different. I'm going to miss her too and like tries to make this connection across language barriers basically. And it's so affecting. It was so affecting to me. This was an incredible incredible novella. I it is such a unique warriors story. It's so different from anything else that we've read and anything else that we will read. Mm-hmm. Probably like most of the stuff we will read at least. Yeah. It was so good. And uh, it sets I- up I feel like so much. We got to talk about so much. We got to talk about Jake. We got to talk about. First of all, I do want to just say they do mention Thunderstar's big paws again. Uh, Fuck, (laughs) they do. God damn it. Uh, But it sets up so much for the first book of the series. Um, We meet Jake. Jake count one. Jake count one. Jake is a fan favorite that I've never met before. Uh, and this I was, am. This was also my first Jake experience. I am ecstatic to have met Jake. He is. Uh, he is Firestar's father. Uh, yeah. He is Rusty's father, and we meet Quince, who is, I believe, his mother. Uh, or is she, no, no, actually, she's, she's the other one's mother. We won't spoil she's the other. She is. Yeah, she she is them because yes. Jake. You know, listen. Jake, Jake gets brings around. all the fucking girls to the yard. Jake. His milkshake brings them. Jake. Pulls women and men. Um, <laughs> That's true. Everybody has a crush on Jake. Everyone has a crush on Jake. Pinestar Pine has a fucking crush on Jake. He's like, man, he's so handsome and sweet. I love talking to this guy. I'm like, dude, there's a scene boy. where Jake is like, <laughs> massaging like, him, snuggling, yes, massaging Pinestar, and he's like making biscuits on. On Pinestar, Pine like cleaning his ears, as, as Pinestar is like telling him all of the drama with the clans, and he's like, "Yeah, let me just like give you a massage, bro. <laughs> Talk about this. It's so oh, good. My God, I love Jake so much. This cat has the most riz in all <laughs> of the clans. Like we talked a lot about how Clear Sky kept pulling. Like, Clear Sky had no. Clear Sky could no, never. He had no riz. He had no he had no right to pull women the way that he did. Yeah, but Jake, Jake is Jake. A sweetie. I love Jake him. Jake deserves it. So yes, we meet Jake, who is Firestar slash Rusty's father. 
we see a lot of the cats that we will know in the prophecies begin. We see Lion Paw. We find out that Lion Paw's name was actually requested like, the by last Pine... thing that Pine Star <laughs> by requested. Pine Star. He was like, "Look, yeah. if you, I, I, I'm sorry that I have to leave, but thank you for making me own up to my decision. And oh, please tell Sunstar when he takes over that." If I were to name you, it would have been Lionheart. And his Ugh. name does become Lionheart, so you know that Sunstar followed through with that. Yeah, and it's which so, is so it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. We also get um future future important character Blue Star oh drop yeah. here as Blue Paw. Turns out she's fucking Goosefeather's niece. Yeah, that's shit's wild. And also her father tried to kill her uncle when he was a baby. Yeah. Loki with a badger. Yo, I I wish that we had had more time, like oh. more space with that to unpack it. I'm sure we will in Blue Star's prophecy. Because bitch, Stormtail really did just say I hate this child. He really did. <laughs> He's like, what feather? if the child has bad vibes? <laughs> Um, and like, why? Just because he's a little weirdo? Let him be a little weirdo. Anyways. Yeah. That shit is so wild. Yeah. So we, I mean, we meet Bluefur. We meet, do we meet White Storm in this one? I feel like we did. I think maybe White Kit was like just born. Yeah. We meet a very um, important cat <laughs> named Tiger Kit. Uh, who? Ah, uh, is it time to speak of him? <laughs> the wild shit. I am astounded at the scene where they're like, kill your son. Yo, that- Star Clan is out of pocket for that one. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They're like, oh, by the way, this cat is like going to destroy the clan. Kill him. <laughs> it's like, whoa, kill, whoa. kill your He's son. He's a baby. <laughs> He's a literal, t- his eyes aren't open yet. And they're like, listen. This guy, speaking you of gotta if a baby, kill him. <laughs> speaking of if a baby, if a child has bad vibes. Real. Actually, that child does have bad vibes. He does. Oh my god, the scene where he, Yo, Pine Star's dream, where oh he god. just like, Tiger Kit keeps getting bigger and bigger and like crushes that his family. That was wild shit. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of Tiger Kit. He is going to become a character of deep significance. Incredibly deep significance. In the future. When StarClan says that he threatens the future of ThunderClan, they, they may be out of pocket, but they're not wrong. Yeah, exactly. They fucking mean it. It's it's true. <laughs> but I I I saw some some stuff when I was when I was researching the Aaron Corner this week. I saw some comments from fans. That one, or specifically one comment from a fan left on one of the Aaron's blogs that I was uh, really like have been chewing on, which is the kind of paradox of Pine Star leaving the clan to be with the kitty pets partially to try and give his son a chance to grow up without him like influencing the way mm-hmm. that that he grows, and then Tiger Kit in the future has a huge complex about the weakness of house cats, the weakness of kitty pets. Oh, God, he sure does, doesn't he? Uh-huh. And what did his dad do? Yeah. Woof. His dad sure did leave him to go be with the kitty pets, huh? Well, I saw a lot of arguments on, like, you know, if he had stayed, would he have been able to, you know, change the way that Tiger Kit grew up? Or was it for the best that he leave? And a lot of folks were like, 
deadbeat dad. Like, he should have stayed and, like, tried to make sure that his son didn't turn out the way that StarClan said he would. But then you think about in Goosefeather's Curse, like, Goosefeather is under the impression that nothing can change the future. Mm-hmm. So even if Pinestar had told, like, I feel like if Pinestar had told Goosefeather, hey, uh, StarClan said my son is going to, like, fuck up the whole... Thing. Yeah, Goosefeather would not have been like, oh man, I bet that we can work on a way to change that. No, Goosefeather would have been, been like, like kill mm, him. <laughs> fucking Star said so, dude. Yeah, fucking Star said he you would gotta be like, kill your kid, you, you gotta him, do it. He's gonna fucking do it. Like, you know, what can I say? <laughs> Wild shit. Yeah, and there is, there is complexity. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. There was no good option for Pine Star here no. to me. Like, staying would have been, te- would have been like extremely detrimental to his own mental well-being and the clan as lion pop points the out clan. he's like do we want a leader who's not wanting to lead us like we don't want exactly. that exactly yeah like he was God, not being Lionheart. a good leader and he can't it, and it couldn't lionheart's so good Ooh, i miss him he's coming soon in the future and because of the way that the clans work, it couldn't be that Pinestar could just be like the the whole reason that that he kind of I mean, part of it, that he has this feeling that like I have to leave and go live in two leg place with two legs and with other kitty pets is because he would be absolutely a pariah if oh, he, God, yes. a social pariah if he were like, I'm gonna not be leader anymore and I'm just gonna like retire to the elders den. He could not. No, he, he could couldn't. Not. And that's even like when he leaves, he's like, are they going to treat me like a rogue and I have to fight my way out of this camp? Yeah. Um, because that's how like deeply ingrained mm-hmm. the concepts of like the code and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The code and like the way that clans and territory works and this this deep sort of dogma of you above all else you belong to the clan right. in this really deep way that like if you betray the clan in any way you are not going to be uh like welcomed into that space at all in any form right so he couldn't just do something like that like say i'm not fit to be leader i'm retiring from being leader uh but i'm going to be here and raise my son he could not th- there's no way yeah that would not have been able to happen and so, he yeah, was like, being reckless it- with his lives he probably would have just thrown himself into a battle and just said like i'm on my last life i'm just going to let it- let it take me yeah so like this is the thing that was this is the choice and you know they talk about like whatever choice you make is going to be the correct choice because you're going to stick with it yeah i thought that was a yeah. really incredible i liked I Line. liked that a lot. Thunderstar out here. We love Thunderstar us, in this house. Giving us great advice from the grave. I also loved the the detail during Pine Star's Nine Live ceremony that the life that Thunderstar gave him felt like uh, Pine Star uh, was, you know, tumbling over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And then when we get to the scene where he's hit by the car, oh. what do we get? We get he's tumbling over and over and over again. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, that's good. It's so good. Damn. Because that's the life that's like, you have to make this choice. And it feels like a life, as he gets that life, it feels as though it is prophetic of of what happens later. And like, we know, because Goosefeather has the vision. Like, yeah. it is literally prophetic. Yeah. Oh. Mm, I loved this. Actually, I hold loved on. both of I these. I have to see one thing. Because you mentioned that, and that gave me a thought. 
Let me go back to Goose Feathers. Okay, never mind. I thought, I was like, what if Goose Feather got the vision when he got that specific life? But no, it was when he got the the last life. The final, yeah, the final life. But yeah, ugh. Damn. Good shit. Good shit. I don't have much else to say except these were really, really good. (laughs) Yeah. This is the this was my favorite. I think that these two are my favorite things that we've read so far. Maple Shade is really far up there too, but these two really like they were very for me. fun. I loved them. Um but but yeah, other than just saying I thought these were really good, uh I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready basically to move run on. out of analysis. <laughs> um other than a lot of important names came up in this book. Yeah. Oh, um, are there any? Are there any more uh, like family trees that you want to visit before we oh head to God. the iron corner? I just so, uh, I, and I said this to you earlier. Like I had completely forgotten that Pine Star was Tiger Kid's father. I had no like recollection of Pine Star. Like I'd never known Pine Star before this book. But like I had looked at the the family tree before, I just right. it had never clicked to me mm-hmm. uh, on the the family tree specifically. Yeah, um, let's see, I don't think. No, I don't really think I have any particular like family tree things. Just that like you know it was nice to see a lot of familiar names. Yeah, interested to see where some of these names go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much it, honestly. Uh, would you like to take us to the airing corner? I would love that. I would go um, further into the family tree, but the uh, Warrior Cats website is currently down, so... <laughs> I'm looking... The wiki is good, but it does not have, like, that giant-ass one. That... It doesn't have the giant one, yeah. yeah. I'm look- And it seems like t- Tiger Kit is the, is the big one yeah, here. Yeah, that is the big one. Tiger Kit and Blue Fur... Basically, yeah, um, the important ones to yeah to remember. Uh, sad that uh, Pine Star's other two kittens here, Night Kit and Miss Kit. It yeah. looks like they do not make it no, out of they kittenhood. Do not. They do not. Rough. I'm so. I want to know more about Leopardfoot. Me what too. A, what a fucking woof. She had it rough, man. She had it rough. I love Pine Star, but he definitely he did, did kind of fuck up do... with that one, huh? Yeah, he he did not do the best with Leopardfoot. Anyway, Aaron Corner. We're with Victoria Holmes again today. Uh, she wrote both of these. I know that she generally works as editor versus being like the primary writer on these books. I kind of wish that she had, you know, dipped her toes into writing more of the books because she's written four really good novellas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Girl, I don't think you realize how good the shit that you write is. Yeah, she's always online talking about how she doesn't know how to write about cats. I think you know how to write about cats. Stop thinking about it as writing about cats because you're writing really good stories. It's just really good stories. Yeah. Um, uh, so outside of that and saying, like, I think Victoria Holmes is doing incredible with the like primary writing on these novellas. I wanted to once again mention uh, Sue Suzanne, aka Susie Plattner, because she is mentioned in the dedication of Pine Star's Choice here. She is mentioned specifically as clanmate, friend, and warrior's expert. 
which I think makes the conclusion of this where Vicky kind of denounces Susie's contributions. Yeah, that kind of fucked up. That's really kind of fucked up. Um, And obviously situations sometimes just get messy and good intentions can end up twisted. Like, it's very possible that she was trying to take some of the heat off of Susie by, by like walking that back because people were getting mad at Susie for contributions that she had made to some of these novellas in, in like way of story and stuff, I I guess. Um, but not, not well handled overall. It was, you know, it was, it was a while ago now, but, uh, for, for what it's worth, I just think I come I come out of this particular bit of drama a lot more on Susie's side. I think that Susie was done dirty by the fandom and partially also by Victoria and like the whole team there. It seemed like she was contri- she was making genuine contributions and like she was trying to do the thing that we keep saying they need, which is somebody to keep track of all the fucking cats. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's not, there's not that much, uh, I can't go on like a super deep dive into it. There's, there's nothing outside of really what was posted on the Facebook page and like a couple of, of, uh, like commentary videos that, that various folks have made on YouTube. Again, I will mention the Izzy's video, uh, about Warrior Cats, which has a section on this particular drama. Um, but I wanted to bring it up again. Sue Suzanne, uh, if you, if you are getting a dedication with Pine Star's Choice, whatever you put into Pine Star's Choice, I think that it was good because Pine Star's Choice is one of my favorite things that we've read on here. Uh, so uh, I think I think you did good work there. Thank you for your contributions. Thank you, Sue. And I love your idea for Cloudberry. Thank you. Yeah, your idea for Cloudberry is really good. Oh, boy. Tell us about the fandoms. Yeah, let's sort share, of a nice... Let's share tongues here. Yeah, let's, let's share tongues. A nice smooth transition. Yeah, well... As much as you and I loved these two, not much on the fandom side, I gotta say. They're sleeping on them. Yeah, I do think people are sleeping on them. Uh, a few good memes. <laughs> I love this so much, this image. <laughs> the first one that I found uh, is by user Lupine with two eyes. Uh, and there's a screenshot of a text conversation in the middle and on one side, there is Goosefeather, and on the other side, there is a smiling Star Clan cat. <laughs> Goosefeather just has this haunted look in his eyes. <laughs> and it just says, like, f- from Goosefeather, it just says, apparently Lexapro can give you really vivid dreams. And the Star Clan cat says, that's great, because if you have dreams about skiing, then it's like you're really there, free skiing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so much. So funny. <laughs> There's another one from uh, Running Nose uh, with a one for the I and a zero for the O. <laughs> and it's it just says Goosefeather's curse, spoilers, no context. Uh, and it is that YouTube poop that is on TikTok <laughs> where it's uh, all our food keeps blowing up. And it's so stupid, but it is so funny <laughs> because it's so true. Oh, uh, God. There's weirdly enough, like, not a lot of anything on tumblr for this one which is shocking to me because i feel like goose feather is like premier tumblr meow meow material seriously good god that is a haunted child come on what more do you want tumblr yeah that is a haunted child with too much responsibility on his shoulders so wild stuff for him uh ao3 not have anything tagged specifically for this story nor did it have anything specifically tagged for pine star's choice 
Y'all are sleeping on them. Um, These there are were good. 65 fixed tagged with Goosefeather as a major player character. Um, lots of them are rewrites of Into the Wild or other fix-it fix. Uh, for those of you not in the know, a fix-it fic is where uh, the fanfiction writer finds the piece of the canon that they felt was disappointing or they did not like uh, or was perhaps seen as a, a sad or bad move uh, and write an adjustment, a different ending, essentially. So there are quite a few featuring him. A lot of things where it just seems like, yeah, he's in there because he is going to be a character that is like in the background. There's not a ton that was focused specifically on him. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did learn from this that he is in a few more of the super editions. Uh, and that's probably why he's so much of a background character in a lot of these stories that seem to have a lot more focus on Crooked Star and Blue Star. Hell yeah. Uh, interesting enough, looked at his ships that he's tagged as having uh, Goosefeather and Pineheart. That's wild. Is a very popular one, as well as Goosefeather and Sage Whisker, who is a Shadow Clan medicine cat. Um, very interesting. Very interesting. Also, Goosefeather and Poppy Dawn, who I don't believe we've met yet, and Goosefeather and Oakheart. Uh, That's very funny. Yeah. Poppy Dawn is on the. Poppy Dawn is his. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Is. Pine Star's cousin. Uh, okay. Yes. Other than that, I know nothing about her. Yeah, I don't know anything about her either. But apparently she's in Crooked Stars and Blue Stars and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. uh, so interesting enough, you know, not a ton that seemed focused on him. I think that needs to be remedied. Uh, a tag that you'll enjoy. Uh, <laughs> the tag for this pick was uh, Autistic Goose Feather. This is a very autistic cat. <laughs> I can I can relate. I can yeah, confirm. I can confirm. Peer reviewed, yes. Uh and then Reddit didn't have much except for this fucking meme that's friendship ended with Crooked Star and now Goosefeather is my best friend. Which I'm sure who will is make this. I'm sure will make more sense when we read Crooked Star. I wanna Stars. know who uh, the cat is. No, I think that's just the stand-in for the, the poster, honestly. Oh, it's just the poster's cat soda. Okay. Yeah, I oh. just thought it was very funny to see that. That is so funny. Uh, the novellas in 10 words or less for this one is Baby Prophet gets bullied and causes numerous disasters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Didn't really find any, like... AMVs or anything for him. Uh, again, like, it doesn't seem like the fandom is, like, super keen on these two. Yeah, there's, like, I was also looking for, like, maps and AMVs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And for Goosefeather, there's, like, two that look like they were pretty deep in but haven't been or, uh, were, like, were either abandoned or just haven't been compiled and put together and finished. But some of them had some really great... Uh, like sections that the animators had posted that looked really good, but I wish that there was something that was m a, a fully finished project. Yeah. So moving on to to Pine Star's choice, there's some really cool art uh, from Dandelion Sketch on Tumblr uh, that has uh, a person's hand holding out a collar to a crying Pine Star, and the collar is like shining uh, with kind of a halo of light 
and the text on it says no alarms and no surprises please uh, but the caption is what really got me. The caption's so funny. Which is, become a house pet today to stop being tormented by your horrible ancestors who hate your one-day-old son. <laughs> it's so, so like, true. this very emotional, beautiful art. <laughs> the comment, like, the caption is just so, so funny. Um, so funny. But uh, I was scrolling through the, the tags that people have put on that one, and somebody said, Read this whole novella at once after seeing this. Easily top five most fucked up warriors books. <laughs> oh, it's so true. I like the one tag that's just, oh, cool. Art that hurts you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> then there's this other one. Not to write an essay in the tags, but there's something to say about how this was a cool choice narratively to have a leader leave, but also how for once it was someone avoiding Starkland's will instead of following it and the outcome of whatever prophecy feeling inevitable, no matter how the protagonists get there. IDK Warriors has a determinism problem, is what I'm saying. I agree. <laughs> uh, and it's so funny yeah. that it was like, hey, kill your son. No, I will get treats and scritches instead. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Like, yeah. No, I will get scritches instead. He deserves them. A lot of people hating on Pine Star for being a bad leader or father when it's like, hey, the point of the story is to, like, let him have flaws. Yeah. Anyway, Warriors Once fandom again. let people have flaws challenge. Um, <laughs> and then this other hey, one. <laughs> it, is, it is middle grade fiction. It's I true. Don't, I, 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 it's, it's, but still, a lot of the people in the Warriors fandom are adults and they should know what nuance is. Yeah. Please learn about nuance. It will make your life better. Agree. Then Disgruntled Demon posted, I think, a novella set in RiverClan somewhere in the chunk of time after Maplestar's Vengeance, but before Pinestar's Choice would be really interesting. There's a lot of fun stuff you could explore at that time. Tension's still high between RiverClan and ThunderClan. Cat's dead because of Mapleshade. The Medicine Cat leaving RiverClan River to join ThunderClan, etc. I just know the drama was bonkers. I'd be inclined mm -hmm. to choose Cloudberry as the POV, but I'd really like to focus more on RiverClan. Maybe Perch Paw, Reed Shine, or one of Reed Shine's kids. I think that would be fascinating. That would be really a, a good That'd addition to this drama. would be a fun little novella. Drama. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see the RiverClan side of the drama. Mm -hmm. On AO3, fucking pain in the ass searching for Pine Star because <laughs> there was no Pine Star tag. There was no pine tag. You had to search pine heart. Why? I don't know. Uh, 49 fix tagged with pine heart. A lot of what ifs and rewrites. Uh, quite a few about like, what if he did something different with Tiger Kit? Uh, oh. Some about like, hey, what if he did kill Tiger Kit? Uh, there was one I saw on what if he took Tiger Kit with him to become a kitty pet? God, that would be so fascinating. Yeah, I did add that one to my mark for later. Uh, real real sliding doors yeah, situation so I, there. I am going to read that one. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of, for these two, there were a lot of what ifs, rewrites, of especially the first couple of books uh, in Prophecies Begin. But we've got some, quite a few ships here for Pineheart. Uh, we've got some Pineheart Leopard Foot. We've got Goosefeather, Pineheart, and Shade Sage Whisker as a threesome. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got Jake and Pineheart, of course. Uh, Halftail yeah. and Pineheart, Pineheart and Shanty, and Pineheart and Flashnose. Um, so, very interesting. Yeah. YouTube, again, not as many uh, maps or PMVs that I could find. Uh, there was a Littlest Pet Shop vid. <laughs> of it uh is these viewers if you know you know <laughs> i did not watch it because it was getting close to recording time uh side note there's a piece of art of pineheart and goosefeather that i found 
on Tumblr uh, that I saved for the end here because I was like, oh, we'll put the both of them together. And it's Pine Star. He's got all his scars. He's looking, you know, he's looking all happy. Just, yeah, looking like a happy little guy. And then fucking Goosefeather is Gremlin Central over here. He's this floofy gray cat with, like, his whiskers fur. are all like, yeah. yeah. His fur is all like uh, scruffy and he's got little scraggly lines. His ears are all like torn up. And he's got like the most haunted, horrified <laughs> stare over at Pine Star. <laughs> he's just like looking at him like, oh God, oh God, oh God. It's so, <laughs> so good. Funny. I love it so much. Oh, uh, it's exceptional. This is, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, so definitely we'll be reblogging that to the Tumblr mm-hmm. when it comes out. And that is from user Ashfer uh, with a four for the A. Forshfer. Forshfer. That's pretty much it. You know, not much in the in the fandom side of things, but uh, I think there should be more. Listeners, I yeah. challenge you. Uh, make some Pine Star and Goosefeather memes. Yeah, I'm going to become a prophet of these two. I believe in you, Scout. Thank you. Uh, uh, should should we, we do our, yeah, should we do Warrior Cats of the Week? I think we should. Tell me about your cats. All right. So for Goosefeather's Curse, my Warrior Cat of the Week is Pearnose. Ooh. I really liked Pearnose. I thought of all of the Star Clan cats that Goosefeather talked to, Pearnose was the nicest one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Paradis was a Star Clan medicine uh, cat who kind of just like stuck around and guided Goosefeather through his apprenticeship. Told him stories. Sort of Goosefeather had two moms. Yeah, <laughs> one was Cloudberry and one was Paradis. Is, yeah. is sort of the vibe. Uh, but yeah, she she helps him. Uh, she helps him remember his herbs and. Uh, you know, she's misgendered at one point in the writing. Oh, I yeah. noticed this was in the uh, this was in the the mistakes. The mistakes. Yeah, the mistakes section. <laughs> but I also thought it was very sweet that she came to him during the starvation and she was like, my heart is breaking for you guys. I'm so sorry yeah. that you have to deal with this. And she was like, you can't be responsible for them. You just have to guide them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good. Yeah. Love. Loved Pernos. Who was your goose feather cat? My goose feather cat uh, was Cloudberry. Oh, nice! Yeah, we, we love talked to, we talked about a lot for uh, earlier in the in the episode. I thought Cloudberry was such a fascinating character. I loved her whole arc here, from like being the cranky older cat to becoming a a confidant and advisor for Goosefeather to her making it through this starvation just to get very sick with a presumably green cough. Yeah, because she um, was the only one who would take care of, of Dostar. I thought that was really, really sweet. Yeah, of like, I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, really, um, really nice moment there. Yeah, and I want to know more about her. Me too. Uh, As for Pine Star's Choice... I feel like we can kind of guess this was coming. My Warrior Cat of the Week is Jake. Ah, uh, yes. I, that makes sense. I loved I'm... Jake. I thought his friendship with Pine Star was really nice. I thought he was a fun little side character. I truly cannot wait to see more of him. He is such a cutie. 
it feels like he has such a profound effect on like all of the cats that he comes into contact mm-hmm. with. And I'm so excited to see more of that. Yes. Who is your Pine Star uh, cat? My Pine Star cat was the man, the myth, the legend, Pine Star himself. Very nice. It was really, it's the scenes where he is empathizing with Shanty's two legs and yeah. like making these really difficult decisions and like discovering this other way of life. I just really loved, I thought that he had such a, such a gentle and empathetic POV that just really resonated with me. I love that. A lot of good cats in these in these two. Yeah, really good. Well, I think uh, at this point, Scout, would you like to go ahead and start taking us out? If you have thoughts, opinions, questions, or memes to share with us, you can write to us at pawsandclawspod at gmail.com. That's paws, as in what a cat has, claws, as in the part of speech, pod as in podcast we are also on twitter at paws and claws and on tumblr at paws claws pod listeners who are 18 years and older can come join us on discord which will be linked in the show notes you can find me on twitter or tumblr at humble goat and you can see the art that i do including our podcast cover art at scoutwilkinson.myportfolio.com links to my portfolio as well as my Kofi page are in the show notes as well and you can also find me on twitter at plot underscore twists or on tumblr at antique romantic our next episode will be out in two weeks where we will be discussing super edition number six tall stars revenge read along by buying the book from a local bookstore or checking a copy out from your local library Until then, dear listeners, ignore StarClan and go get some head scritches. Fuck StarClan. Dude, Star Clan. I'm so pissed off at them. This is a Star Clan anti cast now.